Welcome to Unlimited Boundaries with your host, Lester Bailey. I would love to be able to talk about many different things in life, but it's been brought to my attention. One of the biggest things that people are having issues with in today's time is things surrounded around mental health. And I love being able to talk about mental health. Being a part of the uh, Chicago Police Department for 30 years, I had an opportunity to see different things from different people. And I ran up against someone I have met recently, Jeviscar, and she's on the line with us today. And we're going to talk about kind of searching about some of the mental health problems that we have seen, especially in our kids, and teens, and young adults today. So I hope I want everybody to welcome Javascar. And hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> oh, it's just no This is just a a basic interview with you because I I love to find out some of your thoughts and some of the things that kind of crossed your mind about mental health. Why is why do we think that our children are having so many issues today in accepting themselves and finding out what's going on. I mean, we had a conversation earlier today, you know, and I want you all to really just kind of get what this is about. And I I love the conversation. So please give me some of your thoughts on what you conceive mental health to be in today's time. Oh, I think that's such a broad statement. <laughs> and why do you say that? <laughs> Uh, because mental health falls into multiple different categories. So my point of view for mental health ba- is based off of um, my experience. But if you ask a teenager nowadays, like now in today's world and time with technology and things of that nature, their definition of mental health might change because they're surrounded by that social influence where growing up, that social influence was just starting we were in the we were in that stage between you know traditional things and then hitting technology technology is really just like growing within my generation so for me i consider mental health to be you know an unorganization within the mind that's my point of view like there's so much going on in your mind it's like you can't do one thing at a time you can't organize it or you're trying to do multiple stuff and you know you just get stuck in a way but if you i'm pretty sure if you ask a teenager nowadays they're gonna say you know mental health is a different definition you know i'm saying that because (laughs) my experience with mental health had to do with just an organization within my mind at that time, you know, and other people I've spoken to at that age when I was like a younger person around like 16, 17, you know, but nowadays it's mostly influenced through social media. So a child will have a mental health condition due to bullying, cyberbullying, or, you know, they're not able to speak and express themselves the way they should be able to. Because I'm not going to say technology kind of messed that up, but it played a big part in not being able to really express yourself without going through a form of acceptance or going through a form of, you know, people to wanting to accept you in type in some type of way. So the, the form mental health and how 
you know, how you view it is definitely, you know, different in everybody's mind. Okay, so let, let me see. I, I know what, what you're talking in, and I'm really following you here. I know mm-hmm. how many of you out here has either known a child, seen a child, have been a child. And mm-hmm. we all remember back when we were young. And our minds, when we were young, we ran around. We did everything possible. And I'm going to ask you, when do you believe that you start forming so many extra thoughts? Because in today's time, as you were talking about, when you were, some of the kids today, they start out on video games. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was a kid, I was out there, I was playing in the neighborhood. I know that was in ancient times, you know, mm-hmm. still on television. No, not even, because even, like, and I'm, I'm well off, what, 20 years, 30 years younger than you, and I was playing out in the streets still. Like, I, I remember going in the summertime in Boston, because I live in New Jersey, with my grandmother. It's literally 14 kids, because she used to babysit the kids in the, the neighborhood, oh, and we're all running around in the street. Mm-hmm. But my generation, like I said, it was like the beginning or the introduction to social media, to technology. It was really like something that was blossomed within my generation. So I did get the chance to run around in the street. I did get the chance to play around and play manhunt and, you know, hopscotch and double dutch. But then I also got the chance to go and experience AOL. <laughs> wow <laughs> the, the stupid annoying buzzer that takes like 20 minutes to connect for no reason i did experience that and then i did experience the myspace and you know the coding to do myspace and you know i did experience that within that that portion within my life so i i understand where half of it is coming from but um I also understand where you're coming from with it because, like I said, I, I it's like my generation was smacked in the middle, so I'm <laughs> I'm considered a different version from children nowadays, children in society now that strictly pops out the womb, and then they're giving a tablet to stare at to teach them how to do their ABCs. My oh mom my gave goodness. me a booklet and cards in front of my face and told me, here, do these ABCs, and here's math work where they get a tablet to figure out where, you know, you have kids that are three that order games on your phone. <laughs> oh, my Lord, yes, they do. <laughs> you understand? So I feel like my mental, my version of mental health was different from what's meant, what's considered mental health nowadays because of that social interaction that they're not really receiving. Oh, good point. Yeah, and that's a, a, a question for you right there. Mm-hmm. When we remember what that was, that area in which we weren't we weren't bogged down bogged down with life. We had an opportunity to kind of live free. But now today mm-hmm. you've just stated that the kids have so much in front of them that they're not quite finding their way the way that they remember or the way that mm-hmm. I remember. Because I know again <laughs> having that age disparity between us you know, things have changed so much. When you have a child who picks up a smartphone today and you ask that child, hey, order me something from Amazon. <laughs> and I have adults today who don't know how to do it, but our minds don't go there. But if you ask a child today to play a game, uh, a simple game, you know, even to go outside and play basketball, most of them have no idea what that is. 
So when a child is now acting up because they're not using their outside energy, and their outside energy is a lot, you know, just to be able to run and jump and hop. But now they're calling a child like that. They're giving them initials like ADHD and uh-huh. even including more initials behind it. Do you think that's why some of the children today have issues because they're not expending their energy or they're not finding an outlet? Uh, yeah, I I feel like that is the main cause. Not I'm not going to say main, main cause, but I do feel like that is one of the cause be, behind that. And then also... Um, their parents are getting younger and older at the same time, if that makes sense. So it's a different generation that's built, that's raising these children. And this generation that's raising the children is raising them through, you know, the technology and social aspects within that as well. So me as a child, I was always, you know, I couldn't sit down. And even now I can't sit down to save my life. <laughs> but if you ask, if you ask a child now and you look and you know, you tell a child, hey, sit down, and they don't listen, you consider that, oh, they, they have ADHD because they're not listening to me, or they're being rudely, like, they're not rude, they're just being rudely, they're just having fun, they're, they're using their imagination, it's like, they're being told not to be children, like, they're growing up too fast, like, I had a chance to grow up, I had mm-hmm. a chance to do the stages, to play around, to go through my teens, to go through my young adult, to be to like an adult as I am now and know where my purpose is in life. But it's like the parents that are raising these lovely children nowadays, we're getting younger and we're trying, you know, we're using social media technology and we're shutting off that that interaction or that connection between being a child and being an adult or being a teen. Can you, you know, children that? know. Excuse me? Can you describe that? You know, what it is um, like to be a child versus what it's like to be a teen? Um, so certain information, you know, children are more accessible to, like pornography. Mm. You understand? Mm. Um, you leave a child a tablet for five minutes on YouTube, and I know this was a statistic that was going on for YouTube, and they had to do a wipeout clean for this, is that a lot of the content that was being placed, even though you first start off with a content for children, like, I don't know, the the, the shark song or whatever, the mommy yeah, shark or whatever, <laughs> you know, they play, they play this song and they're watching this video. The next thing you know, you blink, they're watching two adults dressed as like cartoon animals doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what happened? And that was a really big thing that came up with YouTube, and I know they did a clean on it, but I don't, I don't think they they can't do everything because people are finding loopholes through that. You understand? So they're they're being exposed to a lot of different aspects or a lot of different things that are going on, and they're watching these things, and they're you know not being taught what it is because obviously they're children, but they're experiencing different type of um different type of mental conditioning or mental things to state like this is this is how it's supposed to be because x y and z because i've seen it da, 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 because their teachers are now becoming technologists like pe- like technology itself mm-hmm. so and i personally in my opinion i feel like because that's the case because they're not able to express themselves or, you know, talk about what's going on, they get lost within their mind. And, you know, they're not able to 
tell people or tell adults or tell others about how they feel because that social interaction, which, you know, you and I had, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to walk up to someone and say, hey, da-da-da-da, this is what's going on with me, or, you know, talking to at least a close friend about it, it's going to make them shut down. And if they're shutting down at such an early age and they're not able to develop and grow into, you know, the person they were supposed to be, you know, they, they get stuck. They get in that mindset that, you know, they feel worthless. They feel useless. Nobody wants to listen to them because when they want to say something, people are always saying, you know, no one cares. Oh, and I hate that. Oh, I hate that. When I'm on my my social out platform, Mm -hmm. I hate when people say no one cares about your opinion because it's not true. And it's that mindset that people keep running back into. It's just like, yeah, my my opinion matters. Your opinion matters. Everybody's opinion matters, but it's just how does it affect me? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you. So you believe that social interaction may help them to declutter some of the things that are going on inside of their minds? Of course. Because we used to all interact together, but now with uh, social media and it's not really I think social media out. made it worse mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say like you know social interaction is the number one you know cure for it but I feel like social media kind of made it worse mm-hmm. it made it a lot easier to have a mental condition a lot quicker and a lot sooner than you know just you know going to, like having a trauma and circ certain things affecting you social media with you know people not liking your posts or people bullying you socially and you're not finding an outlet to speak you're not talking to your parents or if you're talking to your parents they're ignoring you um not having friends to that really support you because now you're in an awkward state because you want to talk to your friends and they're like you know get over it oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't like that word neither. Get over it. Or, you know, everybody has problems too. Or, you know, and it's hard for people to, it's already hard for people to express themselves now. You know, but we, we talk about that in a social media type of way. Now, as adults, we have, our lives have been, I don't want to say made easier, but we'll say it has a little bit more simplicity to it because mm-hmm. of social media. You used to have to work out a problem on pencil and paper or Mm -hmm. you can have to learn how to spell but in today's time if you don't know how to spell the word you can say it and your computer or your phone or your laptop ipad Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call will actually use that so they don't have to start asking people they don't have to form thoughts so that may be a possible way because as adults children are learning more from what what we do than what we say Mm-hmm. And if they don't see that interaction, it's starting to make a child hold back. Remember when mm-hmm. your parents would ask you the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And today's time, all they want to do is code. <laughs> now, some of you are No, I wish you. I wish they wanted to code. You get um, answers. I want to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. I want to, I don't want to do anything. I want to, um, you know... You have some that's just like, hey, you know, I do want to work in science and I do want to do this and I do want to do that. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you do statistics on it with social influencing at a certain age, that might change or their drive might change. Please describe how you see this. Uh, 
if you don't have the right atmosphere around you and it always goes back to you are the people that you keep around you mm-hmm. you know it will change at a certain age you start becoming more influenced by the people that you surround yourself with and i think it's very prevalent that it comes up around I'm going to guess and say, if I'm correct, please don't quote me on this. Mm. Between the ages of like nine, ten ish, mm-hmm. it starts around that age when they start picking up more things from, you know, outside sources and not really caring about what's being taught within the home. Oh. You know, they're finding more of a friendship within outside sources and more of a connection with outside sources than you know, home, now, home situations. Now, you, you talk about bullying, and I, I don't want to lose the point on that. What, mm-hmm. does, what does bullying versus social bullying look like? <laughs> social bullying is ruthless. Oh, man, you need tough skin for that. So social bu- bullying is basically, it's... I'm going to call it a cult. It's such a strong word, but Mm -hmm. social bullying could grab you and it could suck you in. So it's like if you and I are having a discussion and I make a comment about something, you don't like it, but Mm -hmm. you have people who love you, who support you, friends, family, and you make a comment or you make a statement. That's, it might not even be true or it might be true. Mm -hmm. Um, your support system, your friends, your family, even people you might not even know would start attacking you socially. So they would, you know, social bullying nowadays gotten really clever. But they would um they would go on my social platform on any any platform that I have, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, um, I don't have a Facebook, but Facebook, and they would just talk negatively about me. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the positive comments. I don't see the hey, you know, hey, baby, it's your mom, I love you, comment. I see the, yo, you're ruthless, or, you know, you're useless. Kill yourself. Um, You shouldn't even be alive. You, you know, I don't know why you think like that. You know, nobody loves you. Like, that's social bullying. So they take these words, and they attack you socially within your platform, and all you really see is just negative, negative comments. And you know, even ones that, like I said, that goes as far as, you know, go kill yourself. Have you ever been a part of that while you were growing up? Me? No, no, no. I never experienced it, and I've never been a part of things like that. Okay. For a long, honestly, for a very long time, I never really, I was naive. I never really believed in social bullying. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen in front of me, and I was just like, whoa, like, this is, this is real. And it's, I, I want you all that are listening to understand that your children are going through this social media bullying. Now, I know some of you all don't believe that it is as bad as it is, but these are some of the things that children in today's time are actually going through. They have to hear the stories and the beliefs of the bad things that are happening about them and what the stories are being told. And the day, as you know, back in the day, it would be the child that was sitting in the classroom. He or she would walk up to you, they ball their fists up, and they let you know that you were going, getting ready to be a part of a physical fight. Not a mental <coughs> fight, but we, know, we now know 
that with the social media and where kids are today, that the attack is a little bit different. They are attacking from the mind. I often talk about abuse, physical abuse and mental abuse, and people don't understand the scars from mental abuse doesn't show up for people to see automatically. You can see when somebody gets hit in the eye or they mm -hmm. you know, get scraped, but that physical, uh, that mental abuse is that you don't see that that child is getting into a depressive stage. And parents are having such a hard time coming to it and actually clearing that out. We need to be able to work on a source of being able to, A, first identify our children getting ready to go down a rabbit hole. That's one of the biggest things because you don't see that depressed stage as you're coming up. And once you're labeled, people want to try to chemically get you out of that label. Instead of your mom or dad being able to come up to you and hug you and tell you everything is going to be all right, the child is backing up. So they're not seeking outside help because they don't have outside sources. When I, you know, when someone was bullying me when I was younger, I had a friend. My mm -hmm. friend would stand over in the corner with me and I was, <laughs> if we had to fight, I'm there. You know, we're together. We can make <laughs> this thing happen. But when it's just in a social media, this is one of the first attacks that we have that children cannot see. So it starts us on a track of non-success as we become older. Because once mm -hmm. somebody gets into your head, they kind of control your, the way that you think. And in mental health, we want to be able to talk to people so you can see how our children sometimes are falling into this whole, are, you know, are holding back. If you remember the day someone again would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? In social media, they're not asking you what you want to be when you grow up. They don't really care, so you learn to not care. So that's another red flag that's starting to come up in our children's mind and in their spirit. And we want to start having this conversation about what mental health looks like as a preteen, because as a teen, now you're getting both of them. You're getting the social media pains because, you know, it's just there. You, you, you've been growing up on it since you were three, four, five, six, seven, and now you, you're in school. So somebody doesn't like you, and they start talking about you. And you can stand up to them until they put it down. And then you have people all over the world seeing what someone wrote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the, the kicker, the viral ones. Oh, my goodness. That's the kicker. <laughs> so it's how do we, what are some of the things that we need to combat that problem? Is it that we need you parents, young and older parents, because a lot of children, like I was a person that had a child at a very young age. I was only 16 at the time. And, you know, and I was still going to, you know, to college at the time. I had a, a job at, you know, a 40 hour week job. I was going to college and raising a child at the same time. But I had a strong family background. But in today's time, because children are not uh, socially connected, how do they combat this? What is what are some of the things that we need to be able to help children? How do we share the information, because this is just a wake-up call, everybody. I want you all to understand, this is all a part waking up. You know, I have a friend of mine, and I'm going to tell you about her podcast 
and it's called Wake Up and Live with uh, Chantel Simone. And we need to start really diving down to the point of getting people to start hearing and start living a life of figuring this problem out. <laughs> we, we, we don't want to call it a problem. We don't want to call it is what it is, but it's the truth. How do we combat that problem and where do we see ourselves moving into that new area of life? Uh -oh. Uh -oh. I, I, oh, I don't know. That's that's such a great question because like I believe teen I believe in the teens it it hit, it hits harder mm -hmm. for some reason. I am not too sure why, but I feel like it hits harder, but I feel like in adults like early twenties it hits differently. Because mm -hmm. now your mental health is not just mental health, it's depression. Yes. I have I have a really close friend of mine, and I love him dearly, him and his wife. And we were talking about something, and he looked at me, and he was just like, you know, Javishka, you, you and I are sitting here talking, and I might look fine, but inside I'm dying. I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know how to respond to that. And it had to stem back, because, you know, I talked a little bit deeper about it. It stemmed back to his childhood his relationship with his mother, his relationship with his father, the mental abuse that he was doing to himself and the mental abuse other people were doing to him. And um, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. I wish I, I wish I knew the answer to how to combat, you know, this, this symptom. I, I don't want to call it an illness, a disease, you know, what's going on mentally because, you know, your mind is your power. It's your power source. Yes, and if it, it gets infrastructure, it, you know, not infrastructure, but if it gets, what's that word? If it gets broken into, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to take a lot longer to fix it. Now, here's a quote from the book of Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. He says, if thoughts are things, what are you thinking? And uh -huh. everywhere your focus goes is how, how you're thinking. It's your thoughts. Whatever your dominating thoughts are is where you are. So if you're finding yourself out there, and this is one of the, the reasons why we're having, we're going to open this discussion up because it's so important for us to start talking about it on Social media, it's time for us to start talking about it on our podcast or however that we communicate with the outside world, being if it's talking to each other. <laughs> and I know <laughs> we don't like to talk to each other because we don't know what that conversation is. People become such a recluse because you're not taught to open your mouth. You're, not, you're taught to hide your feelings. And we're talking about opening up to people, some people you'll know, some people you won't know. But you have to start opening that door and opening the conversations. This is just a small part. This is just an awakening for everyone. We have programs out here called Clear to Clutter. And our minds are all screwed up because of the way that we were raised in a faster-paced world, in a world of technology, a world of social media, a world of being closed. I have, you know, I know people who only talk to their computers, only talk to their games <laughs> that they play. 
They uh-huh. don't like to have to, you know, sit out at a restaurant. Remember, there used to be a time where people would literally go out to a restaurant and have a conversation. Now they're going out to a restaurant and they're not talking necessarily to the person that they're sitting next to. They're talking on their phones. Uh-huh. It's like, wow, how do you have so many multiple conversations that you can't put away an email for a moment? You can't just look back at somebody's eyes and smile. I know that that sounds so juvenile, so crazy, but what are we teaching our children? What are we teaching the young adults? Because sooner or later, you're going to get into your 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. We want to be able to communicate with a person for more than just 10 seconds. It doesn't matter if you're telling a joke. You know, we like to laugh, but is it only on television? Is it only on social media platforms? You know, can you tell a joke in front of someone? Can you, you know, how do you make a person smile? And it's so simple. All you have to do is smile and someone will smile back. But when you disconnect from the world, we want you to find different ways to start reconnecting to the world. And it starts out with learning where to go. Now, you know, my source with a friend of mine that I have met and to be, she's just one of those people who, have looked at life and decided to take on this challenge. And I know everybody thought that there was only Dr. Phil (laughs) and that that was the only person that you can talk to. (laughs) Chantel Simone, and for those of you all that want to look her up, you can find her on YouTube. You can find her on a podcast called Wake Up and Live. Plus, she has a website called ChantelSimone.com. I want you all to start really looking at people who are touching mental health issues and especially in decluttering your mind and your thoughts so you can live your purpose and your passion. And as as seeing this, it's important to see where you go. We want to get away from just listening to something to actually putting it into action because action is how we, how we get past most of our problems. We don't want to say that this is the only way, but we want to start finding out different ways and having this conversation, having that private conversation outside of just yourself. (laughs) Who else do you know? Who do you think that would know to have this type of conversation? And I think you have met Chantel. Do you have anything that you would like to say about her? I think she's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) She's helped me through a lot of... um, emotional situations, mental situations, you know, she's taught me to, you know, calm myself and understand that, you know, I have the answers within me. Uh, I think, I think she's phenomenal. I think what she does is phenomenal. (laughs) She's changed my life in many ways than one. (laughs) (laughs) And see, that's so important. See, if, if you want to be able to teach your children, you have to first teach yourself. You cannot use any more lies, no more alibis. You have to be able to hold on to the real truth. And until you identify yourself, until you know who you really are and some of the things that have been holding you back, then you can teach your children. You can teach your, I mean, I mean kids. I don't mean just children. I mean your kids and your teenagers. So that way they can develop themselves as they go through high school, as they go through college, as they go through you know, the master degrees and further develop themselves. Because we live in a country right now with a president that is simply bullying the world. 
And I can say it because I see it on an everyday basis. He uses Twitter to talk to people. He uses Twitter to hurt people. He uses it. He doesn't want to say he comes right out on television and does it to everybody, but he is finding bullying. We're all bullied at different ages and different stages of our life. But you have to learn how strong you are and the person that you're that you are at the time. So we will continue this conversation. I'm going to have another conversation again with you, if you don't mind. Of course, of course. <laughs> because we want to start opening the doors. We want to start planning this out. And we're going to do these, you know, the simple interviews with people. So if you'd like to leave a comment, I really, I really want to leave, you know, to hear from you. So we know how to address some of the issues that you see with mental health. We haven't chosen a direct thing, and I don't want you all to get so confused in believing there's only one way to do something. There is no one way to do anything. If you drink coffee or you drink tea, it's more than one way to make it. So until the next time, I thank you, Jabiskar, for coming on with me. I really, really appreciate you because this is our first time. And let, to let everybody know that <laughs> Jabiskar has never done this before. She's never been on a podcast, and it's so important for us to start having the conversation. We're going to be here opening new doors for everybody. We want to see what you can do and where you can go next. So if you have any questions or any comments, please, please leave them for me. I cannot wait to hear from you. And if it's something that you have said, you know, I want them to be able to contact you also. So please, you know, leave it into Unlimited Boundaries with Officer B. Lester Bailey. I look so forward to hearing from you. And let me ask you, do you have any final words that you would like to share with our audience? No, it was a pleasure. <laughs> or yes, sorry, let me not say no, but yes, it was a pleasure. And let me know if you agree with my statement, if you don't, if you're indifferent. Uh, I, think, I think opening up this conversation is going to do wonders for the world. There you go. So, and everybody, until the next time, reach out, touch someone. Let's find out what we can learn together so that way each person can change the world, even if it's one person at a time. Until the next time, thank you all for coming to Unlimited Boundaries. Don't forget your comments. Have a wonderful and fantastic rest of your day. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.